Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Survive in advance or die trying. Week three with complete carnage and NFL survivor polls all over the country. Plus, we've got questionable coaching decisions, more bad news bears on a Sunday, which has become tradition. A 70 spot in an NFL game, Michael, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling all 22. Yes, that was a Taylor Swift reference because I am here for the Travis Kelsey era. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. Safe to say on this edition of the Lombardi Line, Michael, there is no shortage of content for us. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you? How are you doing today? Um, I'm good, except for the survivor carnage involved me as well. But other than that, yeah. you know, I'm 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 okay. I'm you know I'm making it. Making I, I it could around. understand that. I mean, look, you know, everybody, you know, everybody kind of went through it, right? I, I think to me, the problem you get into is the options were not not as many people took <sighs> Dallas as they thought they would have, but and a lot of people took Kansas City. But I mean, look, I thought it was a good play. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a good play. It ended up not being a good play. I, I I don't know how to explain Jacksonville to anybody. I mean, how do you allow a fullback to truck? It's 17 to 14. You're back in the game. You're thinking you're going to win. And you squib kick it to a fullback, and you can't get him on the ground. The guy was looking back. He was thinking that there had to be a penalty on the play. Michael, it was just an embarrassing performance all around. Like, there was nothing that I saw from Jacksonville that felt endearing at any point in that game. And it was one of those instances where, like, again, I had to turn the TV off because there's just no point in watching at this point. For anybody who missed it, uh, the Jags got dogged in that game. Um, 73% of the survivor pool now here for Circa Survivor, Michael, from the time that this thing started, are officially out. I'll give you the numbers. We're down from 9,267 to now just 2,481 entries left after only three weeks. And there's still a handful of entries, by the way, that are in the mix today with the doubleheader on Monday Night Football, which, by the way, we will preview throughout the course of the show. Um, But going into yesterday, just shy of 6,000 entries were remaining. That was cut down by 58% because so many entries, myself included, Brent Musburger included, my guy Matt Brown, who's my former co-host here at Visa, and he had three entries all on Jacksonville, all out. The Ravens lose um, to the Colts in that weird field goal game and the Dallas Cowboys. So just massive, massive losses yesterday. I mean, it's just, it's hard to really get your, you know, to understand how could this happen, right? Like, and then when you look at the box score and and what Straub was able to do, you know, throwing for 280 yards, not turning the ball over. Tank Dell. Uh, how good was Tank Dell? I mean, unbelievable. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't run the football effectively in the game and yet they still win. I mean, there's just like, how does this happen? You know, and if you're Jacksonville now, you got to get on an airplane and fly over to London. With this, you've lost two straight home games. One, you know, okay, you lost to probably the best defense in the in the AFC, but now you just lost to the Houston Texans, yeah. who have yeah. nobody who missing most of their team. You know, Stingley went on IR. The safeties were gone. 
I mean, if there was ever a time you're going to win this game, it would have been now. Yeah, and, Michael, and the fact is, you had you had all this opportunity to promote your to get your team to understand that we lost at home to these guys last year because mm-hmm. we turned it over. I feel like mass exodus and survivor like three years in a row for a lot of people has come on Jacksonville. I'm so tainted from this team now. I just, I want nothing to do with them. They go in as a seven and a half, eight point favorite, lose this game by 20. Just embarrassing in so many areas, Michael. And because you mentioned flight, did you see the, all the flight issues that happened with Pittsburgh over the last 24 hours? Yeah, I saw that. Crazy. I, it's, I mean, that's a hard thing. I don't know what, what would happen. Uh, I don't know what would happen. You know, like they landed in Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't, you know, like did they get a hotel room or they stay in there? But, you know, again, what a great win for them in 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 uh, Las Vegas last night. But then now they got to fly back down to Houston. But you could see Pittsburgh last night. They were in control of that game. They were going to win that game. You know, Las Vegas turns the ball over six interceptions from Garoppolo in yeah. three games. You can't win beating anybody like that. Las Vegas and Minnesota and the Giants have yet to force a tur- have yet to force a turnover. Yeah, for I mean, think about that. For the Raiders, seven turnovers in three games, and they don't have a no. I'm away sorry, themselves. it's the Giants and the Rams. I'm sorry, the Rams too. Now the Rams play tonight, but when you can't force turnovers and you give up six, you're not going to win it. You're not going to beat anybody. I, w- I want to get your perspective on the end of that game last night, Michael, because I feel like it's very fresh in a lot of people's minds. Sunday night football, final score, Steelers beat the Raiders 23-18. to To set the scene for some people who, in case they, they did miss it, the Raiders were trailing 23-7. They end up having this long 11-play drive, score, convert the two-point conversion. Um, defense gets a stop. They get the ball back. And, Michael, in a situation where you're down eight – your defense does what they need to, and you drive down the field and things stall. Instead of going for it on fourth and four from their from the eight yard line, they kick the field goal. Um, take me through this decision from Josh McDaniels, and he, and he defended it afterwards. He said you're going to need another possession, anyways. Do you agree with the thought process yep. that he had here or not? I disagreed with the when he went for it on fourth and eight. He's he's a fourth. I think he was second and thirty five. Remember this with thirteen minutes in the fourth quarter. They had a chance there, and they got it to they got it to within fourth and four, and he went for it, and they don't get it. I would have kicked the field goal there. I, that the one that's the one, and I haven't talked to Josh today. That's the one that I would have the most problems with. The one he went for, it gave himself a chance to win. He assumed that he was going to get the ball back. Now I know that's a big assumption when you're dealing with the Raider defense. You give up five yards on a running play when you think you have it stuffed on first down, and then third and two they throw up a sprint left option to Allen Allen Robinson, and they get the first down, and you're 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 basically out of the game. But to be in the game after you turn the ball over twice and gave them this opportunity is something. But I I really I I found fault with the fourth and two. So let me go through it here, Stormy. It's the fourth quarter, just the start of the fourth quarter, and the reason I had fault with is because I'd watched the Packer game. And the Packers only had the ball for 653 in the fourth quarter, yet they scored 18 points. They came back. They got it back mm-hmm. in the game. They had no business winning that game, but they did. Mm-hmm. And they came back in it. So when the, when the Raiders had the ball, it's fourth and five at the Steeler 22. There's 13-18 to go in the game. You kick it there. Now it's 23-10. You come back down again. You score. Now it's 23-17. You, now all you need is one more possession. So that last possession – was could have been the game winner, right? Mm-hmm. You could have won the game there, or they would have had to punt the ball back, or they would have had the ball back with their defense. Mm-hmm. So I think to me, one mistake compounds another one. Right. That's my point here. And I think by not going for it in the beginning of the fourth, I think that's the regret. Everybody focuses on this, the not going for it. That becomes the major of conversation. But when you understand game management, there's always a problem that occurred beforehand. Like in the Green Bay game, LaFleur went for it. He kicked the field goal. And kicking that field goal at the time in the fourth quarter gave him a chance to win the game. And he executed and his defense got stops. Now, he won the game because the Saints field goal kicker didn't make the kick. But still, you get the point here. Yeah, an 18-17 win for Green Bay over New Orleans. But but to your point about the Sunday night football game specifically, I think that's interesting perspective that your decision 
earlier in the quarter greatly impacts the way that things played out to close out the game. And I think that people get all up in arms, especially in today's day and age of analytics and going forward in well, certain situations. The, the next-gen stats here on this have, like, had Vegas rolled the dice and gone for it on the fourth and four there, 13.8% win probability versus 85 And so right. I think that's where let, you— let, Let's talk about—let's let, call TV timeout here and talk about that, okay? And let's shift our attention to the Vikings game. Okay. Great. And I yes. love this win. Especially because the Raiders play the Chargers next next week, too. So right. All right. So now <laughs> here we got my man. Staley comes out here. Mr. Analytics. He's the poster child. Everybody loves him for analytics. Fourth and one at his own 24. Yep. I think it's a stupid decision to go for it. Some guy on Twitter puts up 88% if he gets it, they win. 82% if they punt, they win. 6% difference. He did the right thing. Okay. See, here's the problem with analytics if you don't apply it to the game, all right? 88%, what's the play call? Now, Staley, who prides himself on being Mr. Analytics, right? He's watched this game for 58 minutes and 30 seconds. He's called 14 runs, and they've gained 30 yards. He's called 49 passes, seven of which have gone incomplete. And the, and the Minnesota Vikings have only touched the ball three times, three times, they got their hands on the opponent passes. So it's only 88%. If I call a pass, what does that number go up to? If I call a run, what does that number go down to? See, it's incomplete. These, these predictions of game-win probability don't include the play, nor do they take into account what is actually happening in the game. Michael, I love what? how in sync we've become that you answered the question before I even asked it because I was going to ask you what concerned you most, the fact that they went for it in that situation with a couple minutes to play on their own 24 or that it was a run play and Josh Kelly gets stuffed instead of giving Justin Herbert a chance when he's 40 for 47 in the game. Like, that is exactly it. Like, what's frustrating more, the, the going for it or the play call in the situation that's worse? Well, I mean, I, I to me, I, I had trouble, trouble with both. I would have punted. But if you're going to be Mr. Analytic and you're the poster child and you're the greatest coach, according to Pro Football Focus and every analytical community, then you have to throw the ball. You have to throw it because that's what the analytics says you should do. If you're studying, you can't have it both ways. You can't use analytics to cover up your stupidity and then hide behind analytics when you don't want to when you run the ball. Like, nobody's called them out on that. Why would we run it here? They can't even make a play on the football. Their secondary stinks. We've thrown seven incomplete passes. Even Keenan Allen completed a pass play for a touchdown. You tweeted, there is stupid, and then there's Charger stupid. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in all of the NFL action with great offers every game day. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw 5 down on any of this week's matchups to walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with the code VEGAS. New customers bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So we got the doubleheader Monday night tonight, moving ahead to next week as well. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use that code VEGAS. Vegas, the crown is yours. Back here on the Lombardi line, we continue our Monday night football doubleheader conversation with Jordan Schultz, NFL insider, newsbreaker in the space, doing great work for the score. And uh, of course, the question on everybody's minds today, Jordan, is the health and status of quarterback Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals as they get set to host the Rams tonight. I know you reported yesterday that he was going to do a, a workout today, that he wants to get back out there with the calf improving. What's the latest that you're hearing? Yeah, so basically, you know, they've been Cincinnati's been obviously very diligent about this. He's he just signed the most lucrative deal in NFL history, and they want to take every precaution. But they also understand they're zero two. We know he's a big time competitor, and they everyone in that building wants him to play. None more than Burrow. So he worked out this morning. It went well, and I think the team is optimistic about it. But they want to take this up to game time, not only for gamesmanship, but also because. They are evaluating every possible factor, I'm told, which also includes maybe most importantly, could he re-injure himself more? You know, if if he doesn't play, how much more can it heal? How fast can it heal? And what I was told yesterday morning and really the last few days was if he were to sit for a week or two, it wouldn't necessarily make him 100%. He'd probably have to sit for six weeks or so to really get back to feeling himself. And if he's not necessarily at risk of, injuring the Achilles, then it's going to be a discomfort level and how much he feels comfortable playing through that pain. So knowing all of that, I'm optimistic that he's going to play. I wouldn't say um, he's certain, but I would say that given the workout this morning, the fact that they feel pretty good about his short and long-term prognosis, uh, there's, there's a pretty decent chance he, he plays. You know, but if he's not going to get hurt moving forward, if he can't re-injure it or you know, he's so young, the Achilles is not going to get re-injured, as we see sometimes these calf injuries manifest themselves into Achilles injuries as well. But to me, what, what was concerning watching him play last week was he couldn't drive the football like he was, could, and he can't really move. And this offensive line, for as much money as they put into it, has not played well. And, you know, last week they put, you know, they put uh, somebody over Ted Karras, and he had struggled. We saw Miles Garrett line up over him in the opening game, and he went by him like nothing. I mean, when you isolate, if you put Aaron Donald in a one-on-one, he's going to come after Burrow. That's going to be a problem. I, I would be concerned about this, and I know they, they have a sense of urgency to win this, but you know, to me, this is a hard game for him, especially on a short week, where at least if he had some rest, he might be better off if he – did that because the other players around him, Jordan, I mean, look, Chase has 10 catches for 70 yards. 100%, 100%. I mean, we, we saw T. Higgins pop against Baltimore, but Chase has not gotten off to the type of star, Tyler Boyd. And it's a good point, Michael. I would say that last year when they were 0-2, he was sacked an NFL record 13 times through the first two weeks. He's only been sacked uh, twice these first couple weeks, which is, I, I guess that's the only silver lining. It's extremely hard for me to sit back here and, and disagree with you, though, 
when you, I'm curious when you say he can't drive the football. So, so that means his plant leg, right. Is, is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's no, you know, everything about a quarterback is your lower body. That's why baseball pitchers run in the outfield. They have to strengthen their legs, which helps their arm. And when you can't drive your lower body or you have to tort everything from your hip, it's a real issue. And the ball doesn't really get to where it needs to. And in their passing game, which is not, you know, Tua doesn't have to have a great arm in Miami's passing game because everything's short, the ball's coming out quick, and he's just got to be accurate. This passing game is they're in 11 all the time. they got to win with talent. You know, there's really not a lot, and they don't move the quarterback. There's no boots or nakeds in this offense to separate, and there's very little play action. When you're in shotgun as much as they are, the linebackers just read the depth of the back. If the back's a little bit behind the runner, the quarterback, mm-hmm. it's a good chance it's a run. If he's even with them, it's a good chance it's a pass. It's also, I think they're bottom three or four since the beginning of last season in pre-snap and uh, not only pre-snap motion, but at the snap motion. Um, so there's yeah. not a lot of deception. I, I hear what you're saying. I, you know, I selfishly as a football fan, you want him to play, but given how young he is in his future, the fact that he just became the highest paid player ever. Uh, I just, I would, I, I'm always cautious, especially with quarterbacks. And uh, and knowing his competitiveness, it's like it's like that constant push and pull. You can imagine that this, that this entire day he's pushing, he's pushing the play. He did make. I was told some some improvement over the last few days. He is feeling better. I don't know what what percentage that is, but uh, I, I I guess that's worth noting. Cincinnati up from as low as a one and a half point favorite to three now with the optimism on Joe Burrow. Jordan Schultz, NFL insider, kind enough to join us here on the Lombardi line. I want to ask you about the situation that's going on with the New York Jets. Head coach Robert Sala yesterday saying he still feels that Zach Wilson is the guy that gives them the best chance to win. Uh, If you are the Jets right now, how at risk do you feel like you are of losing the locker room if you stick with Zach Wilson? But but also, what are the other options realistically out there for this team, Jordan, that you're understanding? Well, they can't they don't have the draft capital to make a trade. You know, uh, every team in the league that has uh, a quality backup is going to want something valuable in return, some type of pick. The Jets don't have it because of what they've given up. Um, cap wise, I guess, yeah, they could go out and get a Carson Wentz or a Matt Ryan who says he doesn't want to play, but they've made it abundantly clear that they don't want to do that. At least externally, I, I don't see how they can't make a move. You know, Tim Boyle's behind Zach Wilson. He's not a threat. Wilson has been not bad, but downright awful. He, he's averaging under four yards per attempt. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to see the entire Patriots game. I watched about a half of it. I, I thought he looked just, um, timid, insecure in the pocket. Didn't did he does. He's not, he doesn't go through progressions like a typical quarterback who's in his third year. He's he just, he doesn't scan. It, it, it's very strange to watch. It's almost like watching a guy who, who's never taken a snap. And I understand that he's still young, but I just don't see it. Um, you know, to me, for them not to make a move, you you're at risk of alienating, alienating your locker room. I know that the players have been, I think really mature with the media saying all the right things. But the bottom line is you, you have a Super Bowl caliber roster. At least that's what you believe you do, especially defensively. And every single game, every quarter that goes by where he's unable to move the football and produce, you, 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 you almost become, get to a point of no return. So I don't see how they can continue down this path and not sign a veteran. And what are you hearing out of their building? I mean, we saw the blowups on the sideline, Michael Carter. We, we know that... Garrett Wilson's unhappy. We know last year they were wearing Mike White t-shirts. Like, <laughs> what is what is the vibe out of the building that you're hearing? I think the players are trying to be positive because it's still very early. Um, but I think without question, there is a lot of frustration, especially defensively because they have played really well. I mean, I think this this defense has a chance to be a top five, top eight D. I mean, they, they've, they've done a hell of a job. They have great young talent. They have to be perfect just to be in a game. You know, two years ago, Carson Wentz had 27 TDs and seven picks. I'm not saying he's the perfect solution, but he's better than Zach Wilson. I mean, the guy has, has, has the lowest QBR and completion percentage. And in the NFL, it, 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 you cannot continue down this path. So there's definitely frustration. And I would say even defensively, it, it's probably, the, the, the hardest because it 
when, when you're playing per, uh, perfect or close to perfect football and it's still not enough, you're allowing when New England score 13 points and you're not, you're not winning games. It's, it's brutal. I heard somebody ask the question earlier and I want to ask you the 1985 bears. Would they have won with Zach Wilson as their quarterback? No. Right. Isn't I, that crazy? That's a different era. Yeah. I would feel more comfortable answering the Seattle Legion of boom era because that's, that's more my era. If Mike says no to the 85 bears with Singletary, uh, I'm going to say no to you get, the, you got to gotta complete some passes to win. You can't, I mean, look, they lost yesterday should have been a bigger loss and they, they only gave up 15 points. I mean, 15, yeah. you're going to make a, yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, they have to make a change. And I, and I and I was one of the few that said, you can't make a change, but they have no choice. He's going to lose his team. And here's the other thing we don't, it, what mask all these problems is the last two weeks, they've given up 130 and 157 yards rushing. This is not an elite defense. It's good. It ain't elite. I, I didn't realize that. So you don't think they have, you don't think they have the ability defensively to, to be a top five. Is that, is that too, um, too aggressive? They haven't showed it so far and teams are playing conservative on them, Jordan. Nobody wants to turn yeah, the ball over true. against them because you know what? They, they know that they know the other guy isn't going to score. Jordan, we're up against it, but cannot thank you enough. This is really, really great insight. No problem. Thanks Take Jordan. Care, This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see the changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match that public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vsin's here to make you a more informed, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? Got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk where step into my office. And step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. Ooh-wee. After the games we saw yesterday, Michael, there are some people in the NFL that need to have a seat at your table and have a little bit of a talking to. So how about we start with head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Mike McCarthy stepping into the office after what was the worst, largest upset loss since 2006 for Dallas as they go in an 11-point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals, lose outright. Um, after allowing just 10 points the first two weeks, they let up 28 to Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. If Mike McCarthy's in your office today, Michael, what what are you talking to him about? Is it a, a bad sign for the future or just a bad game? You know, you can't let this game beat you twice. So the best thing about this game is your team's going to be focused this week because you got the Patriots coming in at 425. Patriots coming off a win. The Patriots can match up to you physically. Can they match up to you talent-wise on the perimeter? We'll see. But the greatest thing about this game is any loss in the NFL for a good team is you refocus your team. And you can refocus the areas that you must improve on. You, you didn't lose this game because you took them lightly. You lost this game because you're one for five in the red zone. You lost this game because you had 10 penalties. You lost this game because the first five drives of the game, the Cardinals scored and you got behind 23 to nothing. So all those things are fixable. All those things are in your control. And the further you stay within the things that you can control and not worry about what's tomorrow, you're going to be a much better team. Now, we know you had a ton of injuries, but that's also a good thing because your guys got a lot of playing time, you know, and you're going to need these guys the month of September, the rest of this month, October, November, and December as we go ahead. So spin this forward. Spin this forward. Take it as a positive. The medial barrier, which is great. You know, Stephen A. got his laugh in last night. He loves that more than anybody. But let them all enjoy it. But now you got your team's attention. And I think what you really got to focus on is that defense is not letting it get to their head because they let a team average 7.4 yards per carry on them. 
Well, and that's when what, they had no business doing that. That's what I'm thinking, Michael, is from the media standpoint, maybe these guys were letting the clippings get to their heads a little bit, reading their own headlines, thinking that yep. they were holier than now. And then you have a team like Arizona that comes in and beats you down that way. You mentioned the penalties, 13 penalties for 107 yards and offensively one of five in the red zone. So maybe this is the wake up call that Dallas needed to get on track moving forward. Uh, how about Vance Joseph? Because yes, he is still employed. So he is going to go sit down at the desk of our own Michael Lombardi after what was just a brutal defensive performance. And when I say brutal, I really mean historic as the Miami Dolphins put up 70 points, 726 total yards, second most in NFL history and the most since 1951. What does Vance Joseph need to hear right now as he approaches this coming week? Well, we got to figure out what, what can we do well? It's really not complicated. Like we can't right now when you give up 70 points and you give up five three-play drives or less for touchdowns and you give up six eight six plays or less touch eight or less six plays or less touchdowns it's really about we do nothing well so today we have to sit in the meeting room with the entire defensive staff and decide who are we and what we're going to be and we're going to practice just that our call sheet's going to be as small as it can be because right now we can't execute we can't tackle we can't get off blocks we can't stop the run. We can't stop the pass. So we're going to go back to ground zero. And you've got to go back and decide, these are the five things we do well. And you've got to stop Curly in the boat. You know, Curly in the boat is, we're going to drill one hole to let the water out of the other hole, right? So now we got two holes in the boat. That's what you did yesterday. You made two holes in the boat, and all of a sudden they got 70 points on you. That's classic Curly in the boat. you got to figure out what you do well and stay with it. And don't get bored. You might have to call cover three 7,000 times between now and December. But at least you'll get better at playing cover three and you won't give up 70 points. The ball won't go over your head every play. And you'll give your team a chance to win. Your job is to give your players a chance to win. And adding more scheme isn't going to solve your problem. So, so you got to go back to fundamentals. It's a far cry from the defense that made us believe Denver was a quarterback away when they went out and got Russell Wilson. So um, we'll see how things yeah. are able to play out here moving forward. How about Robert Sala as he steps into your office after telling the media yesterday that his quarterback, Zach Wilson, is still the guy that gives them the best chance to win. A guy who in the 2021 and 22 seasons was the first quarterback since 1970 to have the worst passer rating in the NFL. He also has the worst rating to start this season. Michael, if you're talking to Robert Sala, what are you telling your team at this point uh, as it pertains to your quarterback? And are there any other options that you're telling him to go seek? You know, Robert, you have a credibility problem. The more you stand in front of the media and you tell the team that Zach gives them the best chance to win, they're going to think you need to go to Pearl Vision Center because they don't believe it. <laughs> now, I know you're protecting the general manager, Doe Douglas. I get that. And you're being a good company guy. But you're the leader of the team. And if what you say to the media affects, affects the locker room. No one in that locker room thinks that you have a chance to win with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Now, the other problem you got is your defense isn't playing very well. You're not playing like a top-five defense. You're nowhere near the Baltimore Ravens or the 85 Bears or any of that. You just gave up over 150 yards to the Patriots, and you knew they were going to run the ball in the rain. Like, it's not a surprise. Oh, my God, they ran the ball. Really? It was raining. It was windy. They weren't going to throw it that much. And they still ran for a buck 50. And last week, you gave up 130 yards rushing. So let's cut the nonsense out about being elite defense. Let's fix that. But that's something you can control. Your credibility is at stake here with Wilson. So you got two issues. You got two fires burning. And you only got one fire truck. And you got to put them both out. And that's going to really come down to you being in the best interest of the team. Do what you have to do to protect the team. And that means bring quarterbacks in. Now, I know the offensive line, You can't, don't call Matt Ryan, he'll get killed. He'll say no. Don't call Carson Wentz, that's not what you want. But you're going to have to call somebody. you got to get somebody else in there. I don't care who it is. At least it'll uplift the team. Yeah, and if I'm the players in that locker room, 
I'd rather you be real with me than lie to me to try to make me feel better because it's yeah. not working. We all know what our eyes see. We don't need Pearl Vision Center. We see what we see just fine. And as it pertains to that Jets defense, Michael, um, they're going to be in for a little bit of an awakening here with the Kansas City Chiefs this week. A nine-point dog taking on that potent offense who, I mean, you saw the numbers they put up with Patrick Mahomes not even playing the majority of the second half. Let's close this thing out with Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Chicago Bears, your favorite team in the NFL, Michael. Um, they are what we thought they were coming off of the worst mm -hmm. results in the NFL last year. They have been brutal to this point. Justin Fields has not delivered, and they fall to 0-3 after a tumultuous week on the field and off. Chicago holds their own first-round pick and the Carolina Panthers' first-rounder in next year's draft. Panthers, by the way, also 0-3, so good potential standing for that one. What changes need to be made for the Bears to the point where could Eberflus save his job given the way that things have played out so far? Well, the good thing, Matt, you got a family that owns the team. They don't like to fire anybody. They, they'll hang on to a coach probably a year too long if they have to. So, you know, but you're in this situation. Your GM put you in here too as well because he wanted a year to see what Justin Fields could do. But now we know. And... I've been saying this for a while. You're going to have to work around it. It's hard to work around. The problem is you're not good enough on defense. You can't get stops. You can't get turnovers. Your whole defense is built on creating turnovers. Your whole defense is built on getting the ball away. It's never built on stopping anybody. It never has been. But your front isn't good enough. So you better figure out how you can play to where you're not getting the ball thrown over your head. And you got to try to stay competitive. Look, you're in the Tampa game. you got a chance to win that game. It's 2017. Your quarterback throws a pick. You know, you got a chance in the Packer game, you let it slip away. You got to forget about that game that happened in Kansas City. You're not, you, you got a lot of injuries. You weren't ready to play. You got to try to get ready to play against Denver. And you got to lift the morale of the team because you got to hold everybody accountable, including yourself. But it's hard. It's hard when you know you don't have enough good players. Michael, 30 seconds. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey, he steps in the office. What advice are you giving him about Taylor? Well, I think the best thing you can do now is lay low. We all know you're dating her. Like, we don't all need to know about it. Like, just lay low. You, there's enough Travis Kelsey on the airwaves, whether it's your commercial with all the things. Like, lay low. It's all good. You got, you got as Belichick said, you're, catch, you're catching the hell out of the ball. <laughs> I have never known Travis Kelsey to lay low. So I'm very interested to see how this whole thing plays out. Michael, a fantastic addition of Step Into My Office. Way to tell these guys what they need to hear. Set them straight. We've got to step aside, but when we come back, our own Mike Pritchard will join the program. We'll get his perspective and analysis on the Monday Night Football doubleheader, as well as Pritch's points reaction from this past weekend in the NFL. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw $5 down on any of these epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. Tonight's options with the Monday Night Football doubleheader. Looking ahead to next week as well. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with the code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S. New customers bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use that code Vegas. The crown is yours. And boy, has this show flown by today as we wrap things up here on the Lombardi line. Michael you Lombardi know, and Stormy with you. What's up? Can I can I give you a little credit today? I mean, like, you know, losing your last survivor ticket. You've handled yourself really well today. I'm proud of you. You Thank and you. Femi both. I mean, Femi was out last week. Now he regrets it. You know, because he was taking Cleveland this week, which would have put him in pretty good shape. But you're handling it pretty well. I'm impressed with you, Stormy. I I thought you were going to be depressed the entire day. You know, I've kind of, I was, I was big mad yesterday and my dad and I still haven't even talked because we we, were doing the contest together and um, we, we exchanged like two text messages yesterday and they were just gifts of misery. And we still haven't gotten on the phone to talk yet because I know he wanted, we went back and forth between whether or not it would be the Jags, Kansas City, if we wanted to use them earlier, save them later on in the season, and then he wanted Seattle, and I really was adamant about not doing Seattle. So we ended up going with my pick, and so I just don't even want to hear it from him because I already know he's going to go in on well, what I, you the woulda, shoulda, coulda. What were you against Seattle? Did you think that with Andy Dalton you felt there was a chance, right? I did. and I, yeah. I, I, I just mean, I could see that. So that I just, I don't want to hear the woulda, shoulda, coulda. And then I already know, and because yeah. I know my dad so well and I love him to death that he's going to stick with it and still do what his picks would be the next few weeks. And until he loses one that he would for sure pick, he's going to be mad. So um, yeah. I'm just treating that game, essentially the, the Texans-Jags game yesterday, like I mean, Voldemort shall not be named. I mean, yeah, it's the Italian in him. Yeah. I mean, I get that. You know, I get that. And look, Kansas City would have been a lot of people did play Kansas City. I think that was the conversation. And the people that were choosing between Kansas City and and Jacksonville were going. But I think it just shows you how hard this contest is. I've said this many times. It's I think it's the hardest contest out there. Look, the picking five winners is hard. Don't get me wrong. But this one and done, you know, is really, really hard. So. I, I'm I'm impressed. I, I want to be on the record as saying I'm impressed that your your ability to hang in there. I'm you know, a professional. I would have Michael. been a little bit more angry. I mean, I'm still you know I I, I still haven't gotten over some of the losses in my career. So I'm pre, I, pretty pretty impressive. There are some I, I like a couple years ago when I lost in the COVID season and Ben Roethlisberger gets. COVID and he's not allowed to play in the game and we don't find out about that until after you submit picks like there are there are games like that that like really stick with you because it's just a brutal beat it's a pick you never would have made if you got the opportunity if you knew all of the information ahead of time versus this one where it was just the Jags sucked 
and it wasn't their day and I knew yeah. that they weren't going to win right away. And after already escaping with the win on the Giants last week that I did, it's like, okay, you know, you probably can't win two weeks in a row that way. So you just got to accept it and move on. I'm a professional, Michael. In the TV and radio world, we can't let the audience at home know what's really going on behind the scenes in our in our brains and our hearts. And this is what we got to do. I we just got to move on. I get it. Um, let's get it. let's uh, do our pro tip here of the show today because it does kind of lend to the Monday night football games tonight. We can give our final thoughts on the action that's still to come this evening. But this pertains to the Bengals-Rams game specifically, Michael, and maybe an approach that could be worth having tonight. So don't rush to bet the buck. This is a good spot to live bet. I, I think that's really important, right? We don't know where Burrow is. Can we just wa let's watch Burrow in the first quarter? Let's see his movement. Let's watch what he does before you click on. And then once you figure it out, I think then you take a chance and you go with it. And okay, look, he's either on or he's not. And the line won't be that far from where we are. Uh, the book's not going to adjust based on they're, – they're adjusting based on score, not based on visual. So I think that gives you an advantage as a, as a better to then make the correct decision. I think that's a good angle to have. Uh, VEASAN Pro Tips, free daily betting tips on VEASAN.com. They're search searchable by sport and by show. But, yeah, maybe give this a live look instead of just running to the books or the counter right now with the uncertainty of Joe Burrow because whether he plays or not, um, it it's going to be compromised in some way, shape, or form. So how does he look? And with this game too, Michael, and you talked about the coaching job that Sean McVay has done to this point, the Rams have looked a lot better than I thought they were going to here early in the mm -hmm. season. And I, especially against the 49ers, because obviously I'm a San Francisco fan, so I watched that game very closely. I was really impressed with what I saw in that game, and they weren't going away. And in a spot like this against a Bengals team that hasn't really impressed very much and has a compromised quarterback, I kind of lend myself on the surface to wanting to back the Rams in this spot. I don't think I'll get there um, pre-flop at least. I think I might take the live betting approach as you suggest, but the Rams are certainly the way that if I had to make a bet right now, I would probably go. Yeah, I, I look, I think, look, here's the difference. I think Matthew Stafford's playing well. Yeah. Now, I don't know how long this can go. You know, it's the early season angle, right? You said if they're going to be good, it's going to be early. They're going to be good, and they're going. If you're going to bet the Rams, you're going to bet them in September because they'll be healthy. And he's playing really well. He's throwing the ball, and he's got got you know, and he's spreading it around. And McVay does such a great job tonight. Watch it, and ask yourself when he, the receiver catches the ball, was it the scheme or was it the talent of the receiver? When you watch Cincinnati, a lot of it is the talent of the receivers that make the play because they are a talent-based scheme. And where the Rams do a great job of scheming, of getting guys open and making sure there's something there. So I, I think to me that's, that's why I like the Rams early in the season. And Stafford's playing really good. And the Cincinnati secondary hasn't been in tune yet, nor has their pass rush been to the level it needs to be. This game, uh, we have seen the spread bounce all around. Um, early on, the opening line was six and a half. The Bengals were favored by. Got as low as just one and a half. Uh, sitting two even this morning. Now a little bit more buyback on Cincinnati as they are a three-point favorite where things sit right now. Where I do have a pre-flop bet, though, Michael, is in the first game of the night in Eagles and Tampa Bay, which we are seeing some Eagles buyback, and I am a part of that. That number now getting back up to five and a half, total 44 and a half. I laid the five with Philadelphia right before the show today. And I just feel, and I've talked about it a couple times on the show already, I just feel Feel like we are giving a little bit too much credit to Tampa Bay because of the fact that Baker Mayfield hasn't looked terrible and that they are a right. little bit of a, a, a scrappy team but we have this expectation for Baker Mayfield to be bad and he hasn't been that bad but I also look at the way that the games have played out against Minnesota where they were outgained by 127 points and Kirk Cousins turned the ball over three times in the first half which gave them an edge early and they just held on and then week two you play the team that we have all agreed today is the worst team in the NFL and the Chicago Bears and it was a close game in the fourth quarter so I just don't have a lot of the same appreciation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knowing the talent that is on this Eagles team despite maybe a little bit of a slower start for Philadelphia I think that they should win by a touchdown or more 
Yeah, I mean, look, they gained 437 yards against the, 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 the Chicago Bears, but we know that. Now, they haven't turned the ball over all season. Think about that. They have yeah. not turned the ball over. They're plus five in turnover takeaway. They have not turned it over. I'm with you. I, I think we've overvalued Tampa because the two teams they play and don't have a win, right? Yep. And they, you know, they squeak by Minnesota, and the game's a lot closer against Chicago. So I, I do think there's a little bit of of they they have the competition, and I I'm not sold that Baker's going to be able to do Baker like things, especially considering the Eagles need to get more out of their defensive front. You know, Jordan Davis, they've got to get more out of him. Carter, they get more out of him inside. Fletcher Cox, this is a challenge. This is the best defensive front they're going to play against. I mean, Minnesota held them to 242 yards, and we know Minnesota is not a great defensive team. So I think this is a get spot for Philly, and the line going towards you, it opened at six and a half. This theme that's happening, I think it favors Philly. I really do. I'm with you on it. And I think, too, there was a lot of just high expectations for this Philadelphia Eagles team to come out from the gump, gun, from this jump, guns a-blazing because of the run that they made at the end of last season. But people were not really thinking that the coordinator turnover was going to play a large role. But I think it does make a difference and a little bit of a slow start here, but just the talent they have. And if they play even close to their potential today, Michael, I think it's, it's a no-brainer even on the road. But that's just my two well, cents. Uh, I, I yeah, see that. I agree 30s. with you. I mean, there's no way Baker's not going to turn a ball over. He's got going three games without a turnover. I'll just say that right there. Yeah, I saw that 30 seconds on the clock, and I, I wanted to make more of my case, but time has run out on me today, Michael. Uh, fun show on this Overreaction Monday, and we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. But for those of you who are joining us on DraftKings Network, Pablo Torres coming up on VSIN. It's Sharp Money. Thanks for listening and watching the Lombardi Lines. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.